Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome back after buzzers. This is the Flash After Show, season three, episode 22, in Fantino Street. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello! Nerds. I'm your host, Tari J. Miller, and uh, you can find me at Tari J, T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y, and this episode was so great, I'm joined by, one could say, legends of AfterBuzz. So, introduce your gu- yourselves, guys, starting to my left, Lucretia Lyon. We are outcast, we are misfits, and of course we are legends. And since I am Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Lex Michael. I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Uh, Hey, folks, yes, I'm sure nobody asked for me to be on another (laughs) DC after show, so I came by to... I uh, just brile everything up for you, folks. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. He's the Martin Stein of the group. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, this is a jam-packed episode, so I'm going to jump right into it. Jumping into it. <laughs> Starting with Argus. Um, we had a crazy, crazy heist, which included our favorite Captain Cold. Yes. Um, I mean, he's my favorite. I don't Mine know how too. you guys feel about him. <laughs> Well, you get. We all watched this episode together. Am I? Hello. Am I here? Hi, guys. Uh, we all watched this episode together, and you guys watched the moment when Barry goes back in time and recruits the good Leonard Snart from a year ago on Legends of Tomorrow, but in eighteen. 18- 92. Yes. I was so overcome with joy that I had to literally put down my headphones and take a moment so that didn't it did not the heat didn't didn't take me down. <laughs> it would have it would have happened. It, I would have hit the floor. It would have been a mess. Yeah. It, I was just such good feelings. Just overpowered with good, wonderful, joyful coldness feelings. Yes. You almost became Firestorm. You were so on fire. It almost <laughs> my eyes turned white uh-huh. and everything. My head was a flame. It was a whole deal. It's true. You started yeah. transmuting tables. It was insane. A whole pile of jelly beans out there in the studio right now, if anybody's wants. Oh, all right. Oh, um, those Reagan's jelly beans? Is yeah. there any other kind? Yeah. yeah. Um, and ba- uh, based on what you were saying, like I think in terms of the Legends timeline, this was right after we had that kind of love affair thing with Snart and the woman from Russia, um, where they went out and he was trying to seduce her. Uh, so it made sense that Barry appealed to his love Oh, look at that. You know, I I mean, it was cool to see Snart, for sure. Because, I mean, the the thing, at least with Legends, while it was interesting for them to make the choice to kill Snart, but I also feel like you also realize how awesome he is, and so to try to come up with ways to have him in present day 
activities for the DC Center uh, TV universe. It's, you have to just constantly go back in time if you want to use him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they can go back in time anytime for Snart. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I just I just love Leonard Snart. I did. I had a moment no. tonight where it occurred to me. It's like, oh, I've been waiting all season since <clears throat> we read that Wentworth Miller had signed that overall deal to appear on more than one of these shows in this universe. I kept waiting for this this moment, this big moment where we would reintroduce Leonard Snart. And I realized, oh, we don't have to. He's just around because mm-hmm. we've got multiple time travel shows now. We just grab him whenever we need him. And right. we do know for a fact, guys, if you've not seen the interview I did with Wentworth, that the voice is Eartha Kitt. And a little bit of Darth Vader, a little bit of Betty Davis. You know? <laughs> and he just nails it every time. You know, I love that he watched Shark Week. That uh-huh. was probably one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, and so... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, and he's like, Cisco saves my life. I'll, I'll put in a good word with my sister. So to mention Golden Glider was pretty cool. When yeah. I love how, yeah. again, we talk about how comic booky these shows have, have become increasingly over the last couple of years. Since Flash really became popular, I think all of these shows have been mm. willing to... You know, we've seen the universe expand and everybody's taking way bigger chances as far as how deep cuts comic bookie can we get and I love too that this universe has been in play long enough with enough moving parts that we can weave in a character like Snart in and out of the narrative like this and we can have jokes now where it's you know I'll put in a good word for Cisco with my sister because we know without stopping the story to talk about what that means we know exactly who all of the players in that comment are what the significance is for everybody and it feels very like a almost like a a sousan of uh, Susan is like a, a tasting. It's actually a big platter. <laughs> I was like, it's big bars legs. It's bigger. It's not a Susan. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's just a cornucopia of like Easter eggage. And like this episode, more so than a lot of others we've seen from Flash this season, which I would argue is maybe the Easter eggiest of all these shows, mm-hmm. even more so than Legends of Tomorrow at times. You're giving me, you got like a, I've got beef. Face. Actually, and Joey Johnson was beef. was wanting to hear Frank's beef. He's like, I can't wait to hear it. So, well, uh, my beef mm-hmm. on this is like, well. One, if you're bringing back Snart to 2017, he dies, what, in 2016? Right. So uh, it, it, at least uh, Legends of Tomorrow timeline, timeline-wise, because he deals, dies at the end of season right. uh, yes. season one. So I also feel like if you brought to 2017, why is Snart's not for a question? Like, why don't you just get me from right now? And then, oh, we can't get you from right now. Why is that? Oh, because you're dead. Wait, what do you mean I'm dead? Well, he Hold could on. also assume that he's still traveling with the... Uh, legends well, you at could that moment. Assume that, but then why not just go to where he is at that moment? Because how does Barry find out where he is anyway? Uh, you could imagine that they all <laughs> recounted. All, this is this is our, our dynamic now. I'm going to explain away every single thing. You're going to eat all the beef. Eat all the beef, Tori. I love it, the beef. <laughs> Where's the beef? Uh, anyways. Uh, I mean, yes, you could assume that, like, in all of this time, because Cisco knew that that Snart was dead, mm-hmm. and during the crossover, they all had time to decompress, not decompress, um, yes, I guess decompress, they, to kind of... The word you're looking for is Susan. No, oh, yes, <laughs> they had time to Susan. Um <laughs> no, debrief is the word yes. I'm looking for. Yes. They had time to debrief and kind of go over, like, their ventures, so you could assume that, uh, that he knew, or he also could have used the time, uh the time vault and been like, yo, when were some legends making some messes in time and been like, this is a good time to do it. Yeah, there's totally, there's definitely a scene that was cut for time tonight wherein Barry Allen just looks Snart dead in the eye and goes, I'm definitely not recruiting you now because you're dead later. And Snart takes a pause and goes, 
tight. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just—it was too much. It was like we're gotcha. laboring the point. We got—we're like two minutes over, so we got to cut something, and that scene had to go. Yeah, they needed to keep it tight. Would you rather, whether it be on Legends or some other show, do something where they reestablish that they, you know, through whatever means they want, reestablish that start of, Snart is alive and well back in present day DC TV, just so you don't have to worry about going through these loops about how we can bring Snart into any adventures going the, forward? I feel like the problem with doing that becomes now we have to re-explain to him every time. If, if we're going to, wait, hang on. Let's answer the question. So if we're not going to reintroduce a definitive, this is our like hero snart, essentially, um, into the, the main timeline, the problem that arises is every time you recruit snart, you then have to come up with a different way to dance around why you just pulled him out of the timeline from X place. You essentially have to have the conversation we're having every single time you bring him back. Right. And there's you could, you could do it, but after a while... Yeah, you just mm-hmm. want to have him just like come up through some way. We bring him, we restore him, and he's alive and well. And now he's just living his life in 2017. I could accept that just because I love Snart. Yes. But Sharon Brock brings up a good point. She found it weird that Snart was almost the moral compass for Barry in this episode. And yeah, that was one of my favorite points where he's like, you know, you see the good in me, I see the bad in you. Uh, but, you know, you need to be a hero. That You need to show your goodness. Is That's how you beat Savitar. Yeah, yeah, and I do think beyond the practical in-universe reasons for why he got Snart out of the place and time he got Snart from, on a meta storytelling level, it makes perfect sense that you would want a version of Leonard Snart as a foil for Barry, who is at this place in his his journey towards becoming a hero. Whereas Barry is certainly not on the road to... This version of Barry is uh, presumably not going to become truly evil, but he's definitely in a much darker, more desperate place than I think Snart has certainly ever seen him. So the fact that they are on essentially opposite trajectories, getting that that different push-pull dynamic from the two of them, I think was a really great choice. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, And we get that in the midst of a sweet, sweet infiltration... (laughs) Um, so many Easter eggs. Yes. So throughout this, we get the Suicide side Squad piece. We get Grodd. Um, uh, Cheetah is Chia. in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, which is good because you're, you're very diligently taking notes. You're like, every Easter egg, but that's your Achilles heel. Is you, it's You're true. so good at your job that you missed the Cheetah sign. That's why I have you guys here. Yeah. That's why I'm not doing a show by myself, because you guys catch all the things I don't. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, we're both your heels, Tari. Oh. Uh, we're, oh. oh. I can be your heel, baby. <laughs> you can watch all of the things. You can catch my Easter eggs. We need a gif of this right now, Internet. Um, or at least clip it, something, you know, because that, that was amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, I think the most interesting part about it for me was Barry in Lila's body beating up those guards. Because you don't get to see Barry fighting in normal circumstances because he's always using speed and, and speed force, and so you're mostly seeing him run around and eventually punch things. So I thought that was a really interesting way to show that. Also, I like that uh, Lila got a chance to do some sweet, sweet moves. <laughs> because yeah. we don't... It's, this year, 
we haven't seen a ton of Lila on any of these shows, and whenever we see Lila, it seems like she's very, very busy running Argus, so she's only got enough time to very sternly talk to one or two of our characters and then go on her way. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was nice to see Lila a little more. That was her, the scene at the beginning was exactly what I'm used to seeing from Lila this year, was like, no, mm-mm, no, this is all very official and I can't, can't do it. Nope, mm-hmm. can't. Can't just cannot help you. Uh-huh. No, boo, boo, Barry Allen, boo. <laughs> that, that has been a lot of her this season. Is booing Barry Allen. And yeah. So to, to be fair, she ba- loves ba- boo Barry. Baby Sarah, baby yeah. Sarah, R.I.P. Um, but uh, where was I? I got <laughs> sidetracked with emotion. But so to actually get her a little bit more involved mm-hmm. in the story and also in a physical capacity was nice. Nice change of pace. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and I think the another interesting part was that she was watching the whole heist. The whole time, kind of just seeing what they would do. Um, at any point, it seemed like she could have stopped them. Though, I mean, having King Shark there as a guard dog really was one of their biggest, uh, I'd say, attributes. Yeah, and thank God the Wave Rider has cable because Shark Week is what saved the day. Actually, it's yeah. true. Yeah. You learn a lot from Shark That's Week. That's true. Yeah, they put him to sleep, and then it became Jaws for some reason. <laughs> I, that felt like a cute wink to the fact that King Shark is a very expensive effect. <laughs> and we need to keep him off screen as much as we can so that when we have him on screen, we can utilize him to the fullest. Yeah. And I like, again, the show being very self-aware. <laughs> yes, yes. You both agree. I totally. very much agree. <laughs> um, and I, I like that you were saying that uh, Lila was very stern, but in the end, she ended up giving it to Barry... Uh, just as like a, hey, kiddo, you did the right thing. Buck up, sir. Um, and I, I liked that because, it, especially because la- in other in the other show, she recently had a somewhat crisis of faith in terms of what she does as the director of Argus. So having her turn yes. and do this was a really good way of showing Yeah, that. how easy it would be in that role to essentially become Amanda Waller. So it was nice, to you're right, to see her again make a choice that I could not see Amanda Waller making. Right. What do you think, Frank? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. All right. All right. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> no, it was, it was cool to see uh, Lila in action. And, I mean... Probably my, my thoughts are more about other parts of the episode, so I will let you get to those. Okay, yes. all right. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> oh, the uh, chat meanwhile. has some funny comments. Oh, like Sarah yeah. Brock said, "Sorry," said giving it to Barry. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> and then um uh, and Tony, I believe Wilson in the chat. Uh, correct me if I pronounce that wrong. Brought up Cupid. How we saw Cupid That's as right. well. That's right. Yes, yeah. Cupid's yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. I miss Cupid. Well, I think I like that, was, that was when we got the Suicide Squad comment. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yes, because Cupid was part, of that, was part of that, <laughs> that weird Suicide Squad thing that they had in Arrow a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Was season three? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Th- yes, three, because four was when things happened. Um, Damien Dark? So I'm going to move on from Argus. So if any of your comments are about Argus. I can't say um, them anymore, then. That's it. My time is, my time is gone. That's true. Yeah. That's it. That window <laughs> right. is closed. Well, that, that, we're done. Argus is dead. But 53 minutes oh. until we can't talk about Argus anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on the screen. Everybody can Put see it. On. it. So we know it would be sad soon. <laughs> um, because while this heist is going on, Tracy is trying to figure out the last pieces of the cannon, and HR decides to invite her onto the team. And we get this really fun little, like, 
lovey proposal thing. I loved that. I mean, I don't normally like little relationshipy things on shows, but I like when they're cute and cheesy, like how Barry and Patty were and stuff. I like that they have this on The Flash now. Because, yeah, HR is really an endearing character. I mean, I love Tom Cavanaugh and everything he does, but he's sort of been the light this year because everybody else has been down in the dumps. But, yeah, and Dudex Tracy is really added because I loved her as Cutthroat Bitch. I'm, I'm excited. She's part of Team Flash. You, you reminded yeah. me tonight that she was on House. It's been years yeah. since I watched House and my jaw just about hit the floor. Like, yeah. I'm having mm. the same reaction to this relationship that I think you are. When they they introduced Tracy only, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. I went, well, we're real far into the season to be introducing a totally new character onto this team. Is this really, like, the best use of our time? And I'm so good with it. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so happy she's around now. And she's I a think, scene stealer. Yeah, and I think it's because, you know, now Caitlyn isn't really on Team Flash at the moment since she's Killer Frost. And then, um, where was Julian? That was my only question this episode. Yeah. 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 Bro- brooding? Yeah. Being <laughs> sad? Yeah, he's like in his apartment looking at a picture of Caitlyn, mm-hmm. just wiping his tears with it. Remember, last episode, <laughs> yeah. she was like, hey, bro, I, I don't love, love you. you. I yeah. never have, and I never will. Friendzone! <laughs> well, I mean, other characters get told that every episode, and then they're still, like, out there working on Team Flash or Team Arrow or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. They just get out there and do it. I like Julian, but why do you have to be such a pussy? Hmm? Oh. Uh, uh, called him out. Uh, 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 no. I, almost wonder, I almost wonder if it's because we got Wentworth Miller tonight and we were only allotted one special guest star per episode. <laughs> True. Probably. Yeah. It would have been a little bloated, because especially <laughs> as we were heading to, into the end of the episode, Julian would have been like, don't hurt Killer Frost. Bleh. And that's the two, like, right. What, that's what? my British accent. That is the sound yeah, of the <laughs> Like a garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, just gar- vomiting more garbage. Um, uh, what? Uh, yes, I. I think it, his absence was a little bit conspicuous, but I agree. I don't know how we would have really serviced his storyline and his character with all of the other pieces that we had to move tonight. I. I assume he's going to be back next week in some capacity, probably to be very sad about yes. the way things are going. Yeah, or maybe there's some cure for Caitlin. Oh, actually, Hopefully, Charlie in maybe. charge has a good comment. Julian is hiding in the forest. <laughs> where, where Cisco and Caitlin are. So he's yeah, ready to step out it. and make yeah. a big emotional thing <laughs> yeah. at a crucial moment. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He's like, I got my my uh, what is, alchemist mask. I'm a hero too. Um, <laughs> so weird. Anyways, um, so <laughs> I lost my track. Uh, while this is going on, we have Earth 2 visitation. Wally takes over Iris and Joe in order to hide them. And I loved this moment where Iris and Joe are, are basically telling secrets from their childhood where Iris used to sneak out and Joe essentially used all of the eating out food money to go on a cruise. A blues cruise. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I want to go now. It's a cruise. <laughs> it's exactly I mean, I can assume like. what it is, but it's just like, what you know, is it like... Just everybody's sad. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Pretty I mean, much. And Blue Man Group is there. Yeah, that's what I was assuming is like, you know, some blues musicians, but is it like, you know, all-inclusive, like a cruise cruise, or is it more just like a booze cruise? But he uh, said it was like three days, you know. Mm-hmm. I gotta know the logistics before deciding. Also, <laughs> the know? ship is powered by people blowing out the back of the show. Ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, I blew, and then I blew, and so like they just keep rotating. It's a really <laughs> weird thing. Yeah. 
Yep, that's how that cruise works. Um, anyway, I thought it was beautiful. We also got to enjoy Joe's voice, which yes. we don't oh, get yeah. to enjoy enough. Nowhere near enough. I, I understand that there's not necessarily a practical reason for Jesse L. Martin to sing in every episode of The Flash, but we could we could find one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is I loved how Earth 2 Joe was a blues singer, you know, and then you had the musical episode, but I think that we should just have karaoke night at Jitters or something, like, every episode, just so we get to see him sing. <laughs> like know? the end of Ally McBeal? They yeah. would always just get over there so they could sing. There exactly. You, go. All right. you know, and he was on that show. It makes me think <laughs> of, uh, like, on Buffy, where they, yeah. they periodically just find a reason for Giles to be singing, because Tony Head's got a great voice. Oh, yeah. Same mm-hmm. deal. Just, I don't get, where's Joe? Oh, he's at that open mic at the coffee shop like he always is. (laughs) And then we cut to Joe West and he's just singing. It's beautiful and we all cry for two minutes. Of course. It's a two minute sequence every week. It's gotta be. And he needs that now that Iris is dead. He's gonna have to pour all of that energy somewhere. Exactly. And if if Iris is leaving the show, we're gonna have a little bit of screen time that's Mm -hmm. that's going unused. Joe's just gonna sing through it. Yeah. I think this will be really good for his career and his his like overall character development, just <laughs> becoming the blues singer he's always wanted to be. Singing detective, bro. Ah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> spin off. But okay, let's going back. I did. I loved. I loved that scene because blues and blue, blues and we're still there, aren't we? Yeah, yeah no, we're still on ahead. that boat. We're still on that three day cruise. <laughs> yeah. So I love. I love that scene because I feel like, although of course you know that the weight of Iris's potential impending loss is is very heavy on Joe. I feel like the focus has been so much on Barry's relationship with Iris and Barry's relationship with his own sense of impending loss and feeling he has to do something about it, I'm really glad we took the time to have a moment that was just for Joe and Iris, where they could just be father and daughter for a second in the midst of all of this chaos. So that was very, very sweet, very touching. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I mean, what did you think, Frank? It's, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting, this whole this whole season where it's been, where very, as you were mentioning, that's a really good point about it in terms of it's very, very much very focused. But everything, all the ramifications for the season are all as a result of Barry's rage, his anger, his frustration. Uh, and this is what's led them to where they are right now. So it was really nice to see other characters, because it's like, yeah, come on, Barry, you don't live in a vacuum. And that's been sort of frustrating this this season, where it's just been very much like, it's all Barry's issues, it's all Barry's issues. Like, no, you know, Iris has many other people around in her life that are also going to be affected by this. But that's why I like, and of course, we haven't been here all season to talk about The Flash, but that's why, I, and I know it's, apparently it's pretty divisive, but that's why I love that the villain of this season, if we had to do another mystery speedster, it turns mm-hmm. out to be an evil version of Barry, a personification of the idea that Barry Allen is his own worst enemy, and his own issues are the ones constantly getting in his way. And, and that's pretty well what the uh, synonyms have been for the seasons. I mean, with um, first with verse, flash, zoom, and now we have just a very obvious. Ah, we've been doing this all along, and now it really is Barry is his own worst enemy, <laughs> and that's why I predicted it at the end because I was like. In the beginning of Savitar, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be some version of Barry because it it can't just be another speedster that we don't know. And they were dropping like, hints yeah. pretty early, mm-hmm. as it turns out. Um, they, li- I mean, they yeah. literally said in what the, maybe the second episode, they literally said, "I'm the mm-hmm. future Flash." Yes, it's just you just take that comma out, and they just spoiled the fourth to last episode of the season. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to be really listening or watching with the caption. Uh, but also, too, I feel like they have been laying this 
they, they planted these seeds very early and they've been laying the thematic track to such an extent that by the time we got to that reveal, and we've talked about it off mic a bit, but by the time they got to that reveal, I was going, there, there's almost no way it could be anyone else and this story still makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I get like it all like, next year, next year, they said they're not going to do another mystery speedster, which is a good call, I mm. think. I think we're good on yeah. those for a little bit, but if we were going to do another one, I think this was a very well-played hand. Yeah, and that's the thing, is this sort of wraps up the speedster villain for the Flash. I mean, because you can't really top being your own worst enemy at this point, just obviously. And that's why I'm glad that they've decided to go on from the speedsters. And if they can get back to more of Barry how he was in the last episode, when he has his memory wiped, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have that kind of, all that dark backstory. It's lighter. Yes. He eternal sunshines himself. Yes. To get more of those elements of Barry kind of leaking forward in season four would be really nice. What? You don't like sad, broody Barry? Man, a little of that goes a a long way. And that's Oliver's deal. You know? know, Let Barry be the happy guy. All right. But (laughs) Oliver's getting happier. They need to balance it out. It's like they are two sides of a coin? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting your comic metaphors all mixed up. Oh, man. But if you'd like to join the Gotham panel, we are looking for one. Oh, no, Savitar Barry does have the Harvey Dent thing. Yeah. He does. I really like Evil Barry. Um, He is so, just the way that Grant Gustin plays it, uh, it's very dark. It feels like a whole other character. Absolutely. Um, And he plays it so genuinely that you, you feel his pain. You feel every time he's like, I am not. Barry Allen. You're like, no, son, you are not. <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing is, Grant is such a good actor, and I know that when the Zoom reveal turned out not to be him, I think he said in an interview that he was really disappointed because he wanted to be a bad guy, so I guess they were like, well, good to know. <laughs> Do we have a storyline yeah. for you? And uh, Nate Milton is our people because he said, coming to the CW next fall, Barry Allen is Christian Slater in my own worst enemy. Oh, I don't get that joke. Uh, I, it was a random show from a few years ago starring Christian Slater. I no, so I, I huh. would I would watch a an hour long that was just Grant Gustin doing a Christian Slater impersonation just solely for that. That's all you would need. You'd be like, this is on TV. I don't know who wrote it or if anyone even directed this thing, but he's doing a Christian Slater. I'd be like, when is it on? Mm. I'm there. I'm DVRing it. I'm buying the Blu-rays. I'm getting the season pass on iTunes. <laughs> it's just him, like, reading the just, like, random books. He's mm. like, it was the best of times. I don't know what Christian Slater is. Yeah, you'd be like, hey. It was the worst of times. Wait, wait, wait. Is that your Christian Slater? One more yeah, time. You've got to like, slick back your head and be like, hey. That's actually not bad. Yeah. I would I would watch it. I would I would internalize it. It would it would be my it would be my religion. <laughs> it would really? be my food and water. All it would right. be my sun in the sky. Aw. Uh, mm-hmm. you know what keeps our resources going? Mm-hmm. People going to iTunes and subscribing mm-hmm. and also leaving comments, making sure you hit that. Sweet, sweet star button. Ooh, five stars really keeps these lights on. Food in our bellies and our mouths uh, in not that order. Uh, And it's simple. It's free. It's easy. Just like this podcast. Simple, free, easy. And it only takes a little bit. Yep, that thumbs up is all we need. We feed on those thumbs up and those stars and those clicks. So much, Michael. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Then you know where you put those thumbs up? On YouTube, which we're also on. And you know where else? <laughs> mm-hmm. On Stitcher, where we're also on. We are available any place that you want podcasts. All of your fine <laughs> podcast purveyors. Heck yeah. So remember to do that. Uh, that's my iTunes pitch. And now we're going to talk about the show. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned we do pay a visit to Earth 2, and I feel like now is maybe a good time to shout out the very the very obvious Easter egg that is the title of this episode. Uh, obviously, Infantino Street presumably refers to the legendary Carmine Infantino, a major creative force in the Silver Age of Comics, wrote a ton of books, including, but certainly not limited to, Flash of Two Worlds. But he drew them. He drew Gardner, sorry, Gardner, I'm Gardner sorry, Fox, I misquoted. Yes. yes, Gardner Fox wrote them. He drew them, but was instrumental in the creation of... The, this is why it's a good thing that Frank's here. Uh, <laughs> Including uh, Flash of Two Worlds, which introduced Earth 2 and the multiverse, if yeah. I'm not very much mistaken. So mm. it seemed only fitting that we pay a visit to Earth 2 in this episode. Although nice. I would have liked if they would have uh, got a, in the budget to get another establishing shot for Earth 2. Because we saw the same one twice. Very quickly tweet next to each other. I'm like, mm. got it. We see the train coming by it on the track, and then it pans over to the, the Star Lab. Frank, King Shark is very expensive. <laughs> All right. Cool. I mean, just forgo that other one. Just just cut right to Star Labs and let us know. We we, we were fine. I need to see the same shot again. Yeah. All, it, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, all I need to see is Tom Cavanaugh in that that like turtleneck thing and the glasses. <laughs> and I know where I'm at. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would like it if he turned to the camera and was like, "Man, it's so hard being here on Earth too." Um, that would work for me. Building some things. Yeah. I, I miss my friends who I haven't seen in a couple of months. Yeah. I would love to see them soon. Where's my daughter? <laughs> she might Yeah. Yeah, but I was just going to say, a fan pointed out, because I was in Vancouver a few weeks ago, uh, she tweeted me because I had sent some pictures at at iBroccoli told me that I was actually on Inventino Street where they filmed this. It wasn't called that, I guess. But I know why I probably didn't remember or see the sign is because it was right across from New Amsterdam, which is a a lovely little collective in Vancouver if you're near there. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. If you well, have the chance. Yeah, so you know where it is. That's where Savitar was going. He was like speeding around the square. He was just like busting in, grabbing it. just like, Perry. Now we know. Yeah. His whole suit yeah. is just one giant boss. It started as like a big, just a machine to get him really high. And yeah. he was like, I can move in this. Wouldn't have even occurred to him if he wasn't blazed out of his mind. Right, of yeah. course. Um, it was for the pain. <laughs> Yes, of his face. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so we're leading up to this final moments of Iris's life, which, sad face. Um, and right before, as Barry's getting that sweet, sweet power device. Uh, I know it's sweet because I tasted it. Um, I also like that we tie it back to the Dominators. Oh, yes. It's like, you remember that time aliens invaded? Me too. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they left us the the perfect power source that this everyone needs. Thing How that convenient! Um, so, but as that's happening, Savitar tricks the guys into finding out where Iris was, which was a bummer town. Um, but it was very genius on his part. But I did like it gave a moment of HG uh, to have that introspection where, because see, I mean, as endearing as he is, he can also be annoying at times. So for him to realize just, uh, to recognize those traits in himself and just get really take it upon him. I, I like just that moment of him going like, man, I'm such a jackass. What have I done? Yeah. And also, too, I love Cisco's response because yes. all season we've seen all of these characters have to grow quite a bit and forgive one another for some pretty 
big trespasses. Mm-hmm. So I love I love that in this moment, Cisco has internalized all of those experiences, and he really has learned and grown. Not that Cisco was ever a, a petty jerk, but I like that we continue that thread into this exchange as well. I thought that was very nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like HR, but yeah, like Frank says, you know, it could be a little annoying at times, but I think that's what sort of made his character a little bit endearing. He was sort of the light in the, you know, this season when everybody else was a little dark and gloomy, but I did like how Cisco in this moment, even though he's not his favorite Wells, we all know it's Dick Wells from Earth 2, but yeah, he was like, no, I could have done the same thing. It's It was easy to screw up, and he was just giving him that nice little pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. and I like that That's it was good, on the heels of his previous, yeah. uh, of his previous scene where he was saying that these guys are his family, you know, and he, he initially didn't feel welcome, and now he couldn't imagine being anywhere else. So to have this moment where he feels like he betrayed the people who are now his family after he had worked so hard to gain their trust... Uh, amazing. Yes. Really well acted. Yeah, and there's some great fan theories about, because you see that he seemed to want to rectify what he did, and I got this one on Twitter, and a lot of the chat's been saying it. At Kelly Girl Runs sent me this on Twitter tonight. Well, she thinks that maybe HR became Iris with his device, and then it's actually him who was stabbed. And there's several people in the chat thinking That's, the same he's thing. He's got the fake yeah. face thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago watching this show going, are we supposed to remember that he has that mm-hmm. fake face he wears so he yes. doesn't look like Wells, who everybody knows is not a nice person? Yeah, so we were talking about that a few... We were talking about that a few episodes ago on this show about how in the future, when they go to the future... He has his book that has his actual face on it, as opposed to his, like, fabricated face. Um, and so, like, that was a reminder that, like, that that's a thing. Right. So that was a chance that he is out in the future. He's like, I'm just a Wells from another future. Um, uh, or, and I guess, another Earth. Semantics. Um, <laughs> or if that was going to be a bigger thing. Well, interesting with every season, he's always kind of assumed, uh, Tom Cavanaugh has always assumed a different uh, Harrison Wells. Yes. Would you want to see him do another Harrison Wells in season four or continue being HR Dick Wells? I would rather just have a little rotating with Dick Wells and HR. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing is like just because we have him doing yeah. a new version that's our core version if you will for the season doesn't mean we can't have these other versions of Wells pop in and out which we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like I feel like we got to now. Every if Flash runs for 50 years, we need 50 different Tom Cavanaugh performances. <laughs> the dude the dude is a good actor, man. He could oh, yeah. he could do oh, yeah. 50 different Wellses. <laughs> it's just do we do we have a reason for him to we'll find one. We'll find a reason for him to be a right. Wells. Of course. Yeah. An infinite amount of wells. And one that does like a podcast with Michael Ian Black called Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. It's yep. actually pretty good, guys. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Can can yeah. the eventual crisis event that these shows must be building towards just be predicated solely on an infinite number of Wells? Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. It would be like the Council of Ricks, but it's just uh, yes. Wells. That'd be nifty. <laughs> One thing that in this episode, certainly Barry tries his best to excuse himself for any time they're going to be doing any planning or logistics for the actual event where Savitar is going to kill Iris. Because yes. yeah, anything he knows, Savitar is going to know. But I also felt like. While it was an able attempt, he should have realized the fact that Sevatar was not at all concerned about them getting the power source, constructing this gun four years ahead of time. Uh, the fact that he wasn't constantly bombarding, trying to kill the scientists or trying to stop them in any way should have given them a heads up that maybe Sevatar's got something uh, up his sleeve to prevent this thing from actually working. 
Yes. So I had a, I, I was thinking about that as well. Because we get this scene where Barry, I guess, or Savitar, is he plainly states, no, no gun is going to stop me. And so, like, you assume he has this other plan, but you could also assume that the team doesn't know that he's not worried. Because Caitlin Frost has come in and tried to kill, uh, uh, not Tanya, Tracy. Uh, Tracy. She's tried to kill Tracy before. So in their mind, he might just be like, plotting and scheming as opposed to like not worrying about it yeah but i also feel like i mean he was in early enough trying to get our scientist friend on board building her gun four years ahead of time that just from that moment that i mean Savitar knew that the whole deal is up so like the fact that they should have known at that time that he knows everything that they've got planned and even if he doesn't know the specific details he already if he's not concerned about it then that, that should be a red flag for the team that right. he already he knows it's not going to be an issue. Well, like, we were t- we were talking briefly before we got into the studio about, I mean, it's really easy to get into the weeds on the time travel stuff, but we were talking about how as long as Savitar continues to exist, that should be a pretty big red flag for the team that they did not ultimately succeed. And, right. too, it is on Infantino Street, so you definitely get into the weeds there. Man. <laughs> 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 But again, that's one thing that you could just sit there and just harp on constantly. It's also you have to think. It's ultimately a comic book TV show. You have right. to suspend yeah. your exactly intense critical uh, disbelief to yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, Billy Jean Girl twenty four even brought up Human Target. What if Human Target was Iris? You know, yes. that he's still floating around somewhere. So there, yeah. yes, there are a lot of like alternate ways that they could have tricked Savitar. So like leading up to this moment, uh, before we get to the actual death piece. Uh, Cisco gets a flash um, of him fighting Killer Frost, and so now he's kind of heading out to his potential doom. Um, so we, I like that that little through line uh, has kind of carried on. I, I think since the second season when he first got his flash of them fighting, which I could be wrong about when that flash occurred. But correct me if I am. Wasn't it? Se- I thought it was season three, wasn't it? I thought. I thought. I didn't think it was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in this within the same season. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this season has just gone on really long. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> completely different. It well, was season do, one. They do take these big hiatuses sometimes, and it feels right. sometimes like one season becomes two and a half seasons. Yeah, I think I'm conflating the fact that he was very afraid of Killer Frost, uh, or afraid of Caitlyn after he met the original Killer Frost mm-hmm. from Earth 2. So I yes. might be putting those two things together. But either way, I like that that fear is now realized. And we get the init- the beginning of their fight, which could lead to him losing his hands based on the future that we've seen. Hopefully not, because Vibe is a really cool character. I feel like the show not to be able to have those abilities for Cisco's would be a little lesser for it. And two, I like that Cisco has superpowers because to me, Cisco has been one of the best characters since day one. Carlos does a great job at providing so much depth in the character, and it's nice to see someone like him have superpowers when usually they're just the guy, but the tech guy. Yeah. yeah, and we did spend, and I don't, I don't begrudge Cisco his feelings, but we did spend a big chunk of time with Broody Cisco this year, and that's mm. while yeah. I accept Broody Cisco, certainly not my preferred brand of Cisco. So I can only imagine what losing his hands would do to the guy. That's not really something I'm too excited to see play out. I mean, he was pretty zen in the future. He was like, "Hey, man, I just lost my hands, but you know, Barry, come along. Let's let's." 
two of the future. But I guess that was eight years ahead. So if we have to sit there and watch like some of the next another seven yeah, years, oh of man, San Francisco. <laughs> well, again, Whoa. if he goes to Santino Street, <laughs> it's true. There well, you go. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, this ultimately like, leads up to the final confrontation, um, where they use the the gun and it doesn't work because Savitar has the Philosopher's Stone in his hands, which we find out is a, a calcified shard of Speed Force. And sure, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm yeah, that it. seems logical. Yeah. That's that's yeah, science. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, science. You know, mm-hmm. he he, uh, you know, he siphoned it all into the the thing, and then now he's free to be free forever, free forever. And I do like, I love that Savitar calls them on. Like, I I, I spent an eternity in this prison. You really think I didn't have a failsafe to make sure that exact thing wasn't going to happen again? Because I do feel like if that had worked, that would have been a little bit too easy. Yeah. And I bought that the team really did put all their chips on this one number. I I totally buy it in context and I buy that that was their play. But I would have been just a little let down if it had been that easy. And I'm glad that Savitar not only points out that it's not that easy, but rubs their faces in it. Yeah. Speaking of rubbing their faces in it, oh, um, Mystic Lightning um, is the one to bring this up. So if you're playing the drinking game at home, kids, Malcolm was fine with losing his hand. Drink was <laughs> fine with it. <laughs> he just, he, you know, he sat in that crappy apartment with the <laughs> with the scotch every night. I would, I would argue, a Malcolm got that sweet metal hand, and yeah. he's like, "You're gonna lose a hand. At least get like a cool Sauron fist thing going." Right. And, and yeah. B didn't have superpowers, so yeah. like he was probably real bummed, but he didn't also have that additional level of bummedness that comes with losing your vibes. It's yeah. True, he didn't have powers, just power. Um, but yeah, so ultimately all of their efforts were fruitless and Iris was murdered to death, unfortunately, as far as we know, as, uh, we just see her collapse, uh, and everyone cries and sad music plays. Um. Murder song, actually. Yes. Yeah. Murder song, which was the song that we opened with, if I remember correctly, uh, by Aurora. Look it up. It's sad. It sounds great. (laughs) Um. And that's where we leave off. I think I'm going to jump into predictions because we're running short on time. So you can wrap in your thoughts about it with your predictions. So yeah, in the next episode preview, we get Barry holding Iris. Uh, There's a scene where Barry is essentially standing in front of damaged machinery. And it's like, "Ah, bad stuff happened. I mean, what do you guys think is going to happen in the next episode, which is our season finale? Well, it is nice that they use the transmogrifier in this episode kind of to give the audience, if you wanted to go that route and have somebody else standing in for Iris, it's a nice little visual cue for the, uh, the audience. Like, oh, yeah, that is on the table. That is something that could be used. Yeah. Whoever may be taking her spot. Uh, also, maybe, I don't know, AB, part of me is like, would it be cool if the show just actually killed her off and it's just up to Barry to not to embrace hope and not go down that deep, dark well that he went down originally? Mm-hmm. Could everything that he learned this season allow him to make a different choice? And by doing that, that that stops Avatar. But I don't know if that would actually work, or you know, would we the show be lesser for regardless? Iris is no longer a, a, a character on the show. I I would be bummed out because I feel like we finally got to a really good equilibrium with the Barry Iris relationship after a couple of years where I really liked both of these actors a great deal, but wasn't quite feeling the two of them together. We got to a place where I'm actually 
in. I'm like totally in on this relationship. It took me a real long time to get here, you guys. I'm not ready to be hurt this way. Yeah, true. And, and that's the thing is Flashpoint sort of reset that relationship and it was just that little bit of change that to me seemed to really work into the groove and to have it sort of in this way is really sad but it is also if she isn't dead like where do they go from there I mean especially being a superhero show and you know I mean didn't reverse Flash say Barry can never be happy that's kind of what I worry about is if she's not dead where are we going with Barry because we know he's prophesized to never be happy anyway. I'm also wondering, too, I mean, I like the idea of Barry maybe really genuinely suffering this loss and having to find his way back to hope despite it, but then the question becomes like, how, this dude loses a a family member, essentially, every season. Yeah. Like, where is this dude's breaking point where he does actually potentially risk becoming somebody like Savitar? And maybe that is exactly what we're going to be exploring next week. Potentially. I mean, do you guys think that Iris's video of her essentially marrying Barry in video form will make a difference in his decision, or not decision, but like his becoming it made a, a difference dark character? in my eyes? They filled with tears, bro. True story. I think we're going to leave it with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Uh, thank you for joining us here on AfterBuzz TV. This has been the Flash After Show, and I thank everyone on my wonderful panel. You legends, tell them where they can find you. Hey, guys. Since I'm Lucretia Line, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. I also talk about Arrow on Wednesday nights with Tari J. Miller. We're going to be there this week and next week. And then there's no more Arrow this season. Also, I talk about Fargo on th- uh, Thursdays. That's the day of the week, right? <laughs> talk about it on that one. Come join us. We love you. Uh, I'm Frank Brand. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Speed off, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Make sure to join us here on the After Buzz TV for the season finale of The Flash mm-hmm. next week, 9 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time on Tuesday. Look forward to seeing you. Have a good one. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, Barry. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.